grab my hat. I forgot my hat. I'm starting the oh show right God. now without my hat. Blaze oh, no. always has his hat on because of his avatar, right? I'm man, I feel left out. Let's start it up, guys. Upstream 117, entitled Argon. Got a lot of interesting kind of BlackBerry news swirling around, especially as we head toward this earnings call on the 28th. But I want to start out introducing who we have on air with us today. We're starting out with Alex Bass of CyberBysync. How you doing, Alex? What's going on? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a very long time. Last week I was installing a new fan. You guys can check it out. Isn't it beautiful? But that's why I missed Upstream. I feel terrible about it. But Alex put a review up on very slow if you want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> fan speed is like 2400 RPM. No, I, we're good. You need to like put your uh, put your like device on it and see like does it have enough <laughs> <laughs> the priv versus the DTEK fifty backing which has more grip on the fan right now we're we're also here with Brandon Orr how you doing Brandon pretty good uh, I did some more troubleshooting on my priv so I'll let you guys know about that during the show <laughs> oh god yeah last week was rough. Last week was rough. We apologize for how rough it was, but sometimes that's how it gets. To be yeah. quite honest, uh, joining us. Frequent watcher, not often on, but we got Matt Lawrence, who's one of our very full specialists, right? Hello. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good. How you doing? Good, man. We're we're all hanging in there. It's good to have you on. Last time you, Blaze, and Alex and I had a really good discussion, so it's always good to have you back. For those of our patrons out there who are actually beta testing the berry flow app that we're working on for android matt is the guy doing it matt is the the brains behind making it all happen uh while we're while we're kind of on the topic matt like what kind of like how are you coding this app right now and like kind of where are you taking inspiration to build it because i know this is kind of a, a totally new endeavor for you uh yeah i'm uh, i'm definitely new to android um i mostly do like web development on actual websites and stuff like that um, so I've actually, I'm actually doing it like a website. I'm coding it like a website. So I'm just using HTML, CSS, and uh, JavaScript. And uh, I'm using a, a framework called uh, Feednami and, or an API called Feednami for RSS. And uh, I'm using Cordova to uh, port it over to an APK, Apache Cordova. So uh, it's been an adventure thus far. So. No, I mean, like, I was surprised how rapidly you built it. And I guess it's that web design background because that's where you're putting all the kind of roots for it. But you sent me one beta. I'm like, oh, this looks good. And then you sent me another. I'm like, damn, this looks really good, right? So right, yeah, definitely uh, some, some cool stuff going on. And, uh, you know, our patrons have given us great feedback, like small little things that we didn't even think about too, which is always nice, right? Yeah, Getting exactly. To see how it comes through. Definitely appreciate all the work you've done thus far, Matt. But let's get into the news, right? There's so much to talk about. What I want to do is start with these patron questions that we have because we had a fair few today. And I'm just going to start from the bottom of our list. This is available on our private BBM channel. But we've got a first question. It says, I like the discussion in the after show about BlackBerry wanting to exit the hardware business, yet releasing new devices with two future possible devices on the horizon. Do you guys think that that is realistic now? He's asking kind of like for speculation on the matter. Do you guys really think like right now we may get more BlackBerry hardware, even though BlackBerry is kind of like shifting out of hardware? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, you're going to get it. You're going to get whatever's <laughs> left in the pipe remaining. I, I, man, here's the thing. I, I tried not to go on a big, huge tangent when I hear these things like Blackberries exiting hardware and stuff like that. But, man, it's so hard not to, like, just flip out and try and explain everything because here's the thing. It's that, like, 
BlackBerry exiting hardware means so much mm-hmm. to different people. It means like, okay, technically, technically speaking, you could say that BlackBerry has kind of exited hardware already, and now yes. they're only doing the software side of things because they're not using their own design devices anymore. They're using Alcatel and TCL reference devices anymore. So have they already exited the hardware? Or are they still producing the hardware? I mean, obviously, there's a cost that's levied to them to, to be able to go ahead and produce these TCL devices or Alcatel devices, whatever you want or refer to them as. Let's call them BlackBerry-branded devices for, you know, ease. But at the same time, like, does that mean that they, they actually exited out of hardware to some? It probably does, you know? That's exactly what it means. Like a lot of people would argue that BlackBerry has already left the hardware environment based on that alone. And then others are thinking, well, like, well, if BlackBerry continues to go ahead and, and design devices at some point, well, obviously then they never left the hardware sector. Or if they continue to put out devices with BlackBerry branding on them, they never left the hardware sector. So, I mean, what does it actually take for BlackBerry to exit the hardware in everybody's mind like do they basically have to stop putting out a device period like they can't put out anything with the blackberry logo on it by the by way of smartphones blackberry radar is let's just leave that alone yeah. like that hardware yeah. side. we'll get that's there not, we're gonna that's get not there. Import, yeah like, that's not important to this this particular discussion but like do they do they literally have to come out and say look we're not making any more smartphone at all. We're not going to put a BlackBerry logo on a smartphone in the future. Does that mean that they've exited the I, hardware? I realistically kind of feel like if they don't create another physical QWERTY keyboard smartphone, then I kind of say they've left the hardware business then. And if they're just kind of re, you know, the DTAC 50, for instance, obviously that was just a their logo and things like that on a phone. So, yeah, I mean, they, they really have left the hardware business unless they do create a physical query because then that, at least that means they have a design team on it. Maybe they're not the ones manufacturing it, which they're, they're not the ones manufacturing it. But it's like I would consider that they're still in the hardware business. But otherwise, they're, they're out and they've been out. But yeah. they're, still, they're still BlackBerry hardware, but it's like not BlackBerry hardware. It's BlackBerry software on a hardware. And that's not Here's, BlackBerry hardware. And I think the defining point is the priv, right? Yeah. You look at the priv, right? This is a BlackBerry design Absolutely. device. But to me, and again, this is just my opinion on the matter. I think at that point when they made the priv, they stopped the hardware business. Because at the end of the day, priv is an assembly of components that have been there, right? Be it the curved screen that we, obviously we know where those came from, right? I think at that point... There was a little bit of IP and R&D being put into devices, but that kind of ended with Priv. Priv was kind of that last statement. Now, Alex makes a good point, right? If they build another QWERTY device, is that a little bit of R&D? Is that a little bit of IP? I think it goes back really to that scaling point that Blaze mentioned earlier too. Like when do we actually say BlackBerry is out of the hardware business? I think honestly, John Chen from a legacy perspective probably never wants the handset business to go away because it will look like a failure yeah. right, mm-hmm. under his leadership. So I think they will continue to minimize the risk of having hardware with rebranding phones from, you know, whoever. And honestly, 
and I want to get to the, you know some of the other patron pieces here because a lot of the questions going around are like, you know, why are we not seeing other things going on as well, right? Merit here in our Patreon group also makes kind of the thing. He's like, how often do you see an Idol Four? If BlackBerry partnered with an LG, for example, for a clone of the V10 or whatever, we would know the phone. Small point, but you he can't see them selling phones only on the internet, right? Like it's so hard to buy something that you can't hold. And Priv, GTEC 50, they all kind of suffer that same point depending on what region of the world you live in. So I guess as the market kind of changes here, and Matt, I'm going to direct this to you. Do you see maybe other device manufacturers maybe borrowing designs from each other, running different types of operating systems and kind of just trying to go to market without having to fully invest in, you know, designing, building, and putting to market your own phone? Like, I know you have a, an Android phone and it's like a Pepsi phone, right? Do you think that yeah, was, built yeah. off of, was that built off of some reference, you think? Or was it like a unique piece of hardware that was built for it? Well, in the in the box, actually, with the Pepsi phone, um, I think it actually has a manual from another phone called like the Kubi or Kobe or something like that. It's all it's all in Chinese, so I can't read the actual manual, but I think that's actually another device. And Pepsi just got the like you know the logo on the back, and they have their own like theme in there because it's Android, right? Um, what I think that what I think's happening with BlackBerry specifically, like kind of in respect to that though, is I think that they want to be the the all in one, right? Like they they still wanna they still wanna sell the Bez. They want to sell you the if you're a trucking company, they want to sell you that new that new tracking software. Like they wanna they wanna sell you everything. And I think it might be very lucrative to especially like a smaller business. Maybe it's maybe it's like really like maybe it's really lucrative for them to say like, hey, we have done all this software and you can also get our hardware. And to an uninformed consumer, they're not gonna know that it's an Alcatel phone or like a or whatever it was, right? The the TCL or whatever it was. But whatever the DTEC 50 was, but like it's, it, it might be very lucrative to say, Hey, we got an all in one package. And even though this is a piece of hardware designed by somebody else, you know, that might be, that might be easier to, that might be an easier sell. And a lot of other companies probably only sell something similar to Bez rather than selling the device as well. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I'd say like if Apple were to really start getting into like the MDM space, the mobile device management space, then like Bez and what BlackBerry is doing end-to-end -end really comes under direct competition. But right now, you're right. This is kind of the only player. BlackBerry is really the only player kind of going out and having that end-to-end -end solution. Like Samsung, Knox, like they're kind of trying the same gambit. But without like really Android and Android for work kind of taking off and really going that route, BlackBerry is kind of the only one carving this little niche. Alex, what do you exactly. think in this kind of scope in terms of like managing other devices? Do you think like honestly there's enough – because back to Merritt's point on the on our Patreon, he's talking really about how if I want to go buy a DTEC 50, but I don't get to hold an Alcatel because there, there's no visibility for any of those out there, right? How do I actually judge this phone, right? Do I do it through reviews, through pictures online? Like I have, I don't have a tangible reference for what this device is for me. If, for instance, let's say they got a device like the V10, well, I could go to a store and hold a V10, right? Because mm -hmm. LG is a brand with a little bit higher, you know, market placement or visibility or whatever you want to call it. So I guess the question back to Merritt's point is, are we able to see BlackBerry shopping elsewhere for hardware design aside from TCL? Or is that like the only player that we've got right now? And if so, is that a, a detriment or maybe a benefit to what BlackBerry is doing? I, well, so is the DTAC 50, you can't just go to the store and buy it? You have to buy it directly from BlackBerry? I mean, depending on... Okay. In right, Canada, like in Canada, I can go to, yeah, go to a Rogers store or okay. Telestore and pick one up, right? But okay. in the U.S., 
it's technically non-existent. It only exists on shopblackberry.com because no carriers picked it up. Okay. It's it's weird. Like you could go to a Best Buy and get it, but you can't hold it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's like weird distribution things where you can get it, but it's all online. And I think even if you go to a BlackBerry kiosk in New York, right, you ultimately buy it online, right? And they're just kind of showing it you, and then you know it'll arrive at your door in mm-hmm. two days. So there's kind of a tough conflation, like of of ideas in terms of where BlackBerry really has the potential to to allow people to have visibility into what their hardware is actually physically capable of doing for someone right is it too big is it too light does it fit my hand nicely you know does it work the way i want i think the idol 4 is available on cricket in the united states but that's it and that may be the only carrier at least for like right now you'd be able to actually go see it and it's tough you know and even then i mean you know there's there there's obviously people out there who know that the the relationship between the dtech 50 and the alcatel devices are exactly the same but you know if somebody just basically you know randomly decided that they wanted to you know pick up a, a DTAC 50 they don't necessarily know that they could walk into a Cricut store and it would be the exact same thing right they don't know that and I wonder what causes that error is it is it the fact that one of the phones is 299 and the other phones 200 you know <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole other uh, conversation but I think Merritt's point is kind of an interesting one to make if BlackBerry was referencing like a Samsung design right or an LG design people might be a little bit more familiar with and maybe potentially more interested in picking it up you know what I'm saying it's kind of just an interesting point, like who's heard of TCL, right, in the United States? From a visibility perspective, it's kind of interesting. Matt, do you think, like, honestly, because what kind of device are you using right now? If Do you have a BlackBerry that you, like, have on at least charged somewhere? Um, I, still have my, uh, I still have my Passport. Um, that was, to be, to be honest, that was only to reference the, uh, the BerryFlow app on there to try to get some inspiration for the current one um, or for the new one. But um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm using an LG G4. I am using the, the new suite, though, the Hub Plus suite. So that's about as close as to BlackBerry as I have right now. And that's, like, close enough, right, <laughs> for the most part? Yeah, really, at this point. Yeah, exactly. And my question here is, like, are you 30 days in as of yet? Like, are you seeing ads, or is it still just kind of like, uh, you know, a super simplistic experience for you? Um, I'm already I, I'm already a subscriber. I've been a subscriber since they opened it up, so I have all the apps installed and everything, and I, I have everything everything ready to go. It, it showed it showed me an ad one time in the hub, and I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. And how in, how intrusive was that? Like, was it like in the message thread, like its own line, or was it like a pop up that took over the whole screen? Like, was it something embedded in in your content or what? If I remember correctly, it was it was very easy to like notice, um, and if I remember correctly, it was right at the top. So, it, it, and I only saw it for a couple of minutes because I subscribed, but it was just like a banner at the top and it was like pretty clear that it was like one of those like uh, AdSense ads or whatever with a little like uh, blue, little blue triangle that you see in the corner there. So it was like, it was like pretty obvious that it was an ad. I don't know whether more would have came later and I only saw the hub. I never like checked the other ones because I think some of the other apps are free, right, with ads as well. But I just, I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, they just, as far as I know, because I have it installed on my V10 as well. As far as I know, they just basically sit at the top of the hub, and they're just, they're pretty, you can tell it's an ad because it's, like Matt said, it's a Google AdSense ad, so. Yeah, it's pretty obvious, so, I mean, that, that's nice, the, 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 the BBM ads are something else, so. <laughs> <laughs> the BBM ads are serious, man. I don't even want to talk about that, goodness gracious. Uh, just continuing on, on our 
price bit here for um, what's going on. We have a, another patron question. Do you think the price drop that we've seen in Shop Blackberry was a direct result of the DTEC 60 spec leak? And that was from Nick, one of our subscribers as well. Again, do you guys think maybe those two had anything to do with each other? Do you think maybe it was just happenstance that the DTX 60, this Argon device, got leaked kind of right in line with the sale of hardware right before an earnings call? Do you think <laughs> all of these things are independent coincidences or do they somehow play into one another? I don't know, man. I mean, just going off of memory, as far, as far back as I can remember, I'm pretty sure that they always have gone ahead and, and issued shoot up a little bit of a price decrease on the devices ahead of the earnings call. I'm pretty sure that they did it last time. I'm not I'm not 110% certain, like I'm not going to stake any credibility on that, but I'm pretty sure that they have done that previously. There's always been a sale around the time of the earnings call. Brandon's yeah. freaking me out because he's talking to someone and he's on mute and I see him and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Brandon like talking, but I can't hear him or what? Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to memorize some notes I made because uh, I was telling James I have a, I have an exam I have to do uh, tomorrow for my professional designation. So I'm just reading through my notes. <laughs> so he's talking to himself. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty the, sure the the price prices have dropped right ahead of earnings previously, so. And it's like a seasonal thing too, right? We're heading to the fall season. People are getting ready for, you know, the holidays to come. Like a lot of this is kind of lining up with a pretty regular yearly pattern for BlackBerry. So I wouldn't take too much, you know, sight in all of that. Something I think a lot of people need to kind of come to terms with right now is that like if you're on a BB10 device, it's old. I'm sorry, but it's old, right? It's like two years old at this point. Dude, for, there's for still people like in the BlackBerry forums asking about Playbook. Oh, oh my God. Come <laughs> Every time I open the playbook form, I'm like, I really have to like try and be nice and not chalk it up like to to basically just say like, dude, get rid of it. It's old. Like, stop no, I, hanging to it. Just I, no. <laughs> I just got an email from someone who uses my app on Black Pretend. They're like, you know, I love it and it works well, but are you going to be porting it over to Playbook? And I said. I don't even think that's possible in any way, shape, or form. Um, and even if I charged like five hundred dollars per, you know, instance of it, I it wouldn't be worth the the time. Like I'm sorry, I just can't do it. And I have a playbook over there. It's collecting so much dust. Every time I go over there and like grab socks from my drawer, and I see this playbook that just has dust all over it, I'm like, what am I doing with this thing? Like, do I throw it out? Do I just leave it? Like, I I don't know what to do with it. But it's technology. So the like, worst part is that, like, especially when it comes to, like, BlackBerry 10 devices, is that even if the person has a classic, even the classic could be defined as, you know, quote-unquote old now because of the components that it actually runs. Like, it's not really that much different than a Q10, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could, you could basically call the classic old now. And yeah, I mean, oh, and that's the the problem is like all of BlackBerry Ten is that way now, and it's unfortunate yeah. because the devices are great. But what bothers me more is that we're having this like this this cycle, and I, I feel like I'm stuck in something. Like it's freaking me out almost because when I see the DTEC Fifty launch, I'm thinking, you know, 
And now I see the DTEK 60 and I'm like, this is the Z30. And I'm just seeing this like cycle kind of repeat itself over again here in the, in the hardware distribution. And it's like, oh, we had to wait a while for the Q10. We're going to have to wait a while for the Mercury. And I'm getting all the same feelings that I got when these BB10 devices came out. And now it's on a different like operating system. And it just feels almost backwards, right? Like it should have been Android first, then maybe BB10 as opposed to what it is now, right? I wonder, because we've kind of seen this this hill of, you know, new operating systems come to the market and kind of fall off in light of the mass growth with, you know, Android and iOS. I wonder if maybe positioning an operating system like BB10 now in the marketplace as a new option would have been more successful than doing it a couple years back. I think there's a lot of things like between BB10 and DTEK 60 or 50 that kind of have a parity in terms of the actual usability of these devices, like the learning curve and whatnot. And I think now technology mobile on iPhones and Samsung's is a little bit more robust and that that learning curve may be a little bit less steep for people these days because they're used to a more enriched experience. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think honestly like a DTEK 60 device would even come to market at this point, especially with, you know, tons of articles speculating that the handset business will be shut down in three days, right? I mean, do you guys really honestly see a DTEK 60 coming about as a realistic thing? Brandon, what are some of your thoughts? And if so, like, what would you do? Would you pick up a device like that? Sell your priv? I mean, tell us what you've been doing with the device. I know last week you had some uh, concerns with your priv. So, yeah. Uh, well, I'll address the DTEK 60 comment first. I think uh, essentially, in my point of view, I don't think a DTEK 60 being released so soon after the DTEK 50 really makes that much sense. Um, I mean, you're kind of you kind of want to focus your sales on a DTEK 50 right now when it's on sale, right? And you don't want a new device coming in and stealing the show. And I'm not sure how much value add a DTEK 60 can necessarily provide over the DTEK 50. There's going to be some added features, I understand. And it's probably going to have a beefier spec, um, as, the, as the leaks imply. Uh, I just don't see what the value proposition is for somebody looking to hop on a BlackBerry DTEK like 60. I just, I personally have a hard time envisioning and, and seeing that. Uh, and I really don't think for the enterprise space, it's, I don't necessarily think beefier specs is, is going to necessarily win them over. I don't. Um, in that sense. I think if it was a keyboard device, it would make sense. Sim simply as we've been saying, you know, for the past two years, uh, having that balance between a keyboard device and a touch device is kind of that optimal kind of scenario where you can have people choose which type of device and, and form factor they want. Isn't that what your priv is? Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that they currently still have the priv, which is still a good device. Um, I just don't see it's, it would almost, in my view, be better just to drop the price on the priv and then sell those through instead of coming up with a new touch screen device with beefier specs. And that's the beauty of this TCL deal, right? Are they really coming up with anything? No, they're just shopping. They're like, oh, we want that. Click. Oh, well, let's just flip the back on it, right? Let's put a new back cover on it. All right, yeah. it's a BlackBerry now. I mean, they're not doing much to get these hardware pieces, right? They've obviously got the partnership and you know, the deal set up. And as it is a reference, we don't know if they're going to take another reference design and then just build a keyboard onto it, right? And then assume the, the, just, the, just the costs of adding the keyboard, right? We don't, we don't really know if it's going to be a totally I'm, custom thing, you know? I'm going to say this, though. I think one thing that I've always appreciated from BlackBerry is their 
appreciation for a good build form of their devices. And, and really, BlackBerry devices, even, even back you know, when there were the keyboards, obviously, they had a unique build form. But even on BlackBerry 10, the touch devices had a very, had fairly unique uh, build aspects and build quality to it that kind of made you realize that it was a higher quality device and it was a BlackBerry device. And I feel like uh, these these kind of deals, when they're, they're kind of losing that that uniqueness and that that unique attribute I would associate with BlackBerry's devices, uh, aside from the software space, just the physical side of the device, I always associated with a high quality appreciation for the build form and, and the ergonomics of it and, and making it look pretty while being functional, right? And with these new devices that I'm seeing here with these deals, I don't necessarily think that rings true. And I think that's, personally, I think that's a, a disservice to to the BlackBerry brand, in my in my point of view, I think of all the places that they could have gone for for a hardware kit, I think TCL makes good references. I, I honestly do. I know there's a lot of cheaper places they could have gone, right? They could have gone to Foxconn. We, yeah. I mean, they've been around, right? They've gone and done Wishtron and all these other players out there, right? And I think finally settling with one a Chinese OEM who can do it at a better cost than them admitting that, right, that knowing that they have to go to China for sourcing, but then not choosing the lowest brand on the on the branch, right? I think TCL is like in the top five biggest hardware distributors still up there. So they're not at the bottom of this list, right? They still hold a lot of clout in terms of the market share that they're able to hold on their own designs. And I mean, the Alcatel's idols are nice. They're a nicer version of, you know, something else you're going to get from like the Moto G, which kind of looks weird and awkward with you know some of the. Well, I saw I saw the DTEC fifty the other day, and I, I mean it's a it's a fine phone. It's a good phone. It's not necessarily the ugliest phone out there. It's just not something. It's not something that catches your eye, right? You it's see, not, it's not a standard. You see a print, device. it catches your eye. Yeah, you see a classic, it catches your eye. You even saw a passport, it catches your eye, and even the Z thirty to an extent, there is that nice backing on it, the the carbon fiber backing on it, that made you think, oh, gee, this is this is a bit different than the conventional devices that we see. Uh, with this new device, it, like you mentioned, you, you allude to it you know, looking similar to a Moto G or unlike a Moto G and something like that. Yeah, those are adequate designs. I just don't think they're you know, what I personally uh, think BlackBerry is to me in terms of their hardware. But I mean, as you mentioned, if that's one space they have to cut on uh, to get a better price and to keep putting out hardware, I mean, I, I think that's a reasonable place to to venture down instead also, of you know, shutting also, it down here's, altogether. Here's a very important question, Brandon. How well did having those pretty designs work out for BlackBerry in the past? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to argue that with saying that if they had come out with an Android uh, Passport, I, I, I'm obviously, I can't predict stuff that never happened, but I would have thought uh, that there would have been subst a substantial amount of interest in the passport, and I think the reason we don't see the passport being a runaway success is because it had BlackBerry Ten. And I'll give I think, you that uh, one. Any device. I'll give you that yeah, one only. Any only device, on the premise. Only on the on the premise that it's a passport, and the passport is genuinely unique. But what are like, y'all talking about? Exactly. Just go to Kajig and buy one running Android. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all all funniness aside, right? One of our patron subscribers, Waldo Forty Two, mentions. Something that kind of rings true in the conversation we're holding right now. With the missteps by Apple on their iPhone 7, no headphones, iPhone 6, easy breakability, 
as well as the problem with Samsung Note recall problems, as well as Samsung phone battery problems also. Do you think that BlackBerry is able to capitalize and gain market share? I think the question no. sums up to are people are people looking away from those devices because of their flaws? Yeah. And then in the same turn, why would people look at BlackBerry for their lack thereof? Yeah. It's like it goes back to Blaze's point, right? Why are we prettying up our phone and doing these innovative things when no one cares? No one's looking our way, even when we do them. I think honestly the DTEC fifty is designed to not draw your attention. It's designed to be this bland, fleet device, sold at a good price, and is unobjectable, right? It just is is what it is. It does what it needs to do. Oh right, that's think, what, like you, you can't you can't even use that argument because you look at places like blue like manufacturers like blue and OnePlus, and they they're able to drum up excitement even though they don't have a presence in stores and they just sell through online. I mean, it's I I, I don't necessarily think that's a fair thing to say, uh, James, to say that no one's giving a damn about them and looking at them. I think. Uh, there's ways to do and I think there's other companies that are doing it with with certainly less financial backing that do it as well uh, so I, I really disagree with that point James but you do you really think that people are gonna be like oh the iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack I'm gonna go and buy a blackberry now like oh like it's it's not no. even in the realm of possibility <laughs> and let's be honest like again they shopped around for hardware right it's not their own it doesn't honor their DNA and their legacy but yeah. They made smart choices, right? They did refine the backing with their own standard, right, that we're used to. They did choose a device that has a convenience key, and they did add software additives into their operating system to allow that convenience key to work in a way that is familiar to BlackBerry users. I mean, it pays homage to the past, but respects the future and the reality of the situation that a device like the Z30, from a spec perspective, from an OS perspective, is irrelevant to the design quality that it has, right? We all love the Paratech antenna, the big battery, the AMOLED screen, all that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, the cost that they were able to get that device at versus what the DTEC 50 can bring on board at a cheaper price is, is something they have to look at now, right, as their business continues to consolidate. I appreciate your sentiment, Brandon, because I love that BlackBerry design aesthetic too. I think they really have something unique yeah. there. And the QWERTYs, they bring it out the most, right? I mean, I looked at my P, my, my 9790, right? And that thing is literally like what I think of when I see BlackBerry in my mind because it's that classic bold, right? So I totally understand that that design aesthetic is, is warranted and desired. But at the same point, I, I think this phone is aimed at someone else, right? And the DTEC 60 in the same light, I think the DTEC 60 is more aimed to just fill a slot that people may want. And I think really a key thing is going to be price point. Matt, if you were to consider buying a DTEC 50 device, or excuse me, a DTEC 60 device, this higher end Argon experience, what kind of price would you expect to be paying for it? Considering Priv coming in kind of like really high on the budget, you know, like what kind of, you know, space do you really see a device like that actually being, you know, market ready, market aware, you know? Well, well the thing is, the thing is, is, is I, I see that the DTEC 50 and the DTEC 60, as a sort of a fleet phone, so something that you would sell to a business in a large quantity, like more than just one to a consumer. So I think that it would have to come in under 400. And I think what BlackBerry is doing, if they do have a DTEC 60 ready, is they're, they're getting ready for the, maybe the management team is going to get the DTEC 60s, which are going to be 400 or a little bit below. And then you're going to get your DTEC 50s, which are for the rest of the employees, you have the other, the other people who, you know, they can sell a bunch of these devices too. 
I think I think that anything higher than that, and even Chen said earlier with the with the priv, is that it's just not marketable to somebody when they're like, you know, I need a thousand devices for my employees, and then they're like, you know, that's going to be you know pretty pretty expensive because I don't know what their markdown would be for ordering so many, but it's still going to be you know very expensive. So if they if they hit the four hundred dollar price mark, then I think the market is going to erupt. I honestly do because that puts it in the price range of something like the one plus three, right? Yeah, exactly. I personal I personally see BlackBerry going five hundred dollars. That's what I think they'll do because the security, because of their whatever, you know. Because there's always been this like hundred dollar markup, right? And part of that's the services, part of that's the security, and I think that's the a BlackBerry room, tax, <laughs> right? Right, that I can get for twelve bucks a year, right? <laughs> I think honestly, we're gonna be more in line with probably like a $500 price range. But Matt, if they hit $400, like I'm, I'm, that's I'm it. doing it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah. I would love like maybe 450, right? That'd be that's a what I, That's basically yeah. what I've been saying. It, it it breaks down to like three different points. It should it should be 399. I would like for it to be 450. But chances are BlackBerry is going to put it up to 500. <laughs> yeah, 499 for sure. <laughs> especially just considering like the exchange rate and all that between different different uh currencies and stuff i mean that's probably like the, the the best place they can go with the most elasticity on you know the different regions the devices will be going into but interesting points right four hundred dollars blackberry make it happen what's interesting and, and i guess we're going to get more into it is like what device particularly this dtech 60 looks to be a reference of i'm going to save that for our patrons in the after show and we'll dig in a little bit further on that but I wanted to go through a little bit more of some of the other news that BlackBerry had this week because it was kind of like an action-packed week for them. Um, as we go through some of the other news bits that occurred, we got to see obviously that you know BlackBerry earning will be on the 23rd, which I believe is a Wednesday. 28th. Yeah. 28th, James. 28th, yeah, not the 23rd past. 23rd is past, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on Wednesday, the 28th, which will be cool because we'll get to talk about it that week. But we also got BlackBerry and Zimperium actually partnering to provide mobile threat protection for enterprises and governments. I thought this was a little interesting bit of news because we started hearing really about Zimperium like last year with one of the bigger Android exploits that came out, and they were really kind of pioneering the release of the exploit and then fixing it as well. What do you guys think about a deal like this? BlackBerry basically adding on an app to the good dynamics platform in Bez that adds in threat detection and protection. You know, it's like another add-on. It almost is like a reseller relationship where they're kind of like taking a service and repackaging it through their distri distribution channels, which is kind of cool. Alex, do you think this is a model that's kind of beneficial for BlackBerry right now? Like add on more security to what they already have in their platform? Yeah, I mean, I think these things are always good for them. Um, this is kind of where they need to expand, if anything. Uh, focusing on software and these partnerships, and it's it's really what they have to be doing. Um, alternatively, what just go into more hardware, which they're getting out of. Uh, this is I know anything security that is like that is their Achilles heel that they have to focus on, and they have to build software and partner up with companies specifically in the security space. Uh, I think it's you know natural progression. It's good. Um, I actually had my, I think this may have been, I was over at my uncle's house and he had mentioned, oh, I, I just heard that something really good happened with BlackBerry or like someone bought a lot of their services or their hardware. Like, I don't really know. He said something. He wasn't really sure what it was, but he heard from, I don't know where he's like, so I hear some good things are going on with BlackBerry. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, that's cool. 
Well, well, we know he didn't watch Upstream last week. That's no. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I find it like interesting kind of point, Alex, that you bring up. Like, it is good that the churn is happening out there in the media. Like, somehow people will back end in a way hear about these things yeah. BlackBerry does. And it's always interesting to be on the receiving end of that kind of feedback because you can tell them what it is. You know, you can be like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, X, Y, Z, P, Q, and X. And, uh, you know, this is why it's cool. But in the same light, I think there could be more communication as to what is actually going on with some of these services that they're adding on. Like this press release is great. I think it offers a lot of information because it also talks about the structure, right? And kind of like how it's built out. But then we have other deals that happen for different software areas of BlackBerry. And you're like, wait a minute, what actually just happened? <laughs> right? And, and really, if you, if you know what I'm alluding to at this point, I'm talking yeah, about BBM. <laughs> and BBM, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what I want to do is I want to share these screenshots that we have. And Blaze gathered some for iOS from Usman. And all I found some others from uh, Gabriel Redewa, who's an, a BlackBerry 10 developer. Let me get my screen share on so you guys can see. This is some of the assets. This was actually on MTech's website, this little banner. So it was a pretty big deal for them, right? And this is what it is. It's an alliance to transform BlackBerry's cr cross-platform services. Now, why they went ahead and put a BlackBerry leap on this ad, I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on from that fact, right? At least they, they put some BlackBerry branding in there. This is a repost, more or less, of an article posted by J Jakarta Post. Now, we don't have much to really back up this, this write-up, right? in terms of the numbers and the specifics, right? This is one report independent, so take it with what it is. What we can show you and confirm is that this is what it's looking like for people in Indonesia on that Discover tab, right? And MTech is really a content service that brings these different channels. Blaze and I were talking last podcast about a BBM browser in-app update, right? The in-app browser for BBM got updated to support video and landscape mode, and the reason that update came about it's because of this Discover tab, right? A lot of what we're seeing here are basically quick links to an in-app web browser experience, which curates that content. So up here you have voucher, which is like coupons, mobile top-up to get more minutes if you're crossing you know, different borders. I have no idea what Pulse of PLN is, but I'm sure it's like a money transfer service for mobile. Beta video and news, and all of this is directly inside of BBM. If you're familiar with the services like WeChat and Line, very, very similar, just kind of content inside your messenger. Basically, locks you in, right? You don't want to leave other places. This is the iOS application. This is the Android one, which has a few less. Some things may be added here. Video and news look like this. So this is the news section. Again, it's like an in-app browser, pretty simple. And then you can toss between different bits of news. I asked how kind of relevant this news was to people in the region. And the feedback I got that it was like, yeah, this is like standard type news, you know, it's not overly exciting, but it's also not boring and not spammy. So it's semi-relevant, which is good, right? At least we know it's very tailored to the demographic, which is super important. And then here as well, videos. And the videos get watched. I mean, this one has 16,000 plays, 112,000. And, you know, it's, it's its own kind of niche of content and it's right here inside of BBM. So you get all this premium content basically all directly in your app. And mobile top-up as well if you need to purchase airtime and you, know, you can connect the bank account and all that good stuff. So pretty interesting that this stuff is coming through. What do you guys honestly think about this type of content distribution partnership? And if it really is kind of this deal that's across six years for $207 million, it's basically like MTech bought a license 
to use the BBM API to deliver content. And they paid this 207 million for a six year license access. That's how you can kind of picture and structure the deal. So Blaze, do you, do you think BBM is its own company? Because there's a lot of verbiage out there that kind of suggests it is. Yeah, I mean, like kind of more separate from Blackbird. Why don't you elucidate on what your thoughts are on that? Well, we've been, I made the mistake of telling people that we discussed it last week, but we kind of really didn't because it was discussed on the yeah, after show. It was in the after show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I knew, I, I remembered that we had the conversation. It's just that I didn't know where in the timeline that conversation was. And basically, like I said last week, when, when we were discussing on the after show, it, it, it really kind of, kind of, looks like blackberry basically sold off bbm to mtech and you know with the with the, the 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 gross amount of money that they basically transferred there i think it was like 270 some million it's kind of like that like bbm has its own ceo now like matthew talbot was named the ceo of bbm it's so bbm is sort of like operating in its own entity at this point it has its own own offices it has its own you know organizational efforts and everything else that is going on there like if you get hired to work on pbm through mtech you're not you're not actually being hired by blackberry you're basically being hired by bbm so it, it really is in a way operating in its own entity at this point so all of that stuff that's happening and you know I can't I can't say that like you know BlackBerry sold off BBM to MTech because that's not entirely accurate and there's no there's no proof of that but you they can just tell, paid someone to give a damn. Yeah, you, they that's got paid. Pretty much the only way that it, it really it it can really be summed up is that like they offloaded all of the care factor to somebody else. Like somebody else is dealing with BBM at this point and it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not that gets broken out on the financials or whether or not they say anything further because i mean this discussion has come up on twitter it's come up on different in the in the forums and stuff like that and people are like well, what happened what really happened with the mtech deal and the truth of the matter is is that nobody is really really breaking it down and discussing it like even when you directly ask matthew talbot like there was people on twitter asking Matthew, like, you know, what's going on with this MTech deal? And he didn't actually give any direct answers or anything like that. He literally just directed people to the announcement post, which is on the Inside BlackBerry blog, which is, you know, it's the exact same thing as the press release, which they put out. And we all know that sometimes those press releases are kind of vague. Like James was discussing something earlier about how, you know, the, the information is there, but it's not really there. Kind of like with the, the Zimperium um, press release. Like, it, it, it doesn't, it tells you that there's a partnership, but it doesn't tell you exactly what's going on, right? Like, it doesn't break things down. But, it, like, like I said, at this point, it just seems as though that BBM is running on its own. And, you know, it, it has its own people working on it, especially for the Indonesian market. And, it's kind of like a separate entity from BlackBerry at this point. And again, it's going to be really interesting to see if that gets broken out in the financial sector or what it, or if anybody even mentions that portion of it. Um, I don't know, man. It's a really, it's a really weird, weird scenario that is actually going on with BBM. And just to further that, it, it, 
people are like, well, how come BBM on BlackBerry 10 hasn't been updated? It would, honestly, that seems like part of it as well, because it doesn't seem as though that much of the focus is actually on the BB10 side of why BBM. Why hasn't you BB10 know, been updated? I mean, yeah, well, it, you know, that's that's a standard answer too. But you know, you see all these things happening with BBM on on Android and iOS. Like th those are are the main main uh, operating systems that basically get highlighted now. Anytime that there is any sort of BBM update or anything like that, and BlackBerry 10 BBM hasn't been updated in quite a long time with anything significant anyways um and it just you know it goes back to like the whole bbm operating as a separate entity thing because it seems like that focus of mtech is not on any sort of blackberry 10 situation it just seems as though that is just entirely focused on android and ios which arguably blackberry themselves are are doing that too but you know it's still kind of a weird scenario and it's one that hasn't fully been realized. Like, there's something more to this BBM announcement with MTech than what has has generally been put out to the public. Either the either we're not understanding it from the information that they gave us, or they're not giving us all of the information to be able to understand it. I, I honestly think phase one. Yeah. That's what I think. I think it's honestly like they don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what it transforms into, right? MTech builds it as an alliance to transform BBM's cross-platform services. So again, a total neglect for BB10 that you can be can be heard right there in the in the ledger, right? I think it's kind of an interesting point that that uh, Blaze brings up when we talk about BBM is that this is entirely boring, right? For us in North America. Yeah. Like for us. This is not for us. This is clearly just a move to become, you know, scalable and valuable. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> a move just to really just be scalable in Indonesia, right? That key market that BlackBerry has. If they can make it valuable in that aspect, then I think they have a potential to bring in more onto the balance sheet. But I think if we focus on like what's happening right now, John Chen had a target for BBM to make $100 million within a, a fiscal year, right? And he was unable to be successful at that, even with you know the stickers and all the in-app subscriptions and things like that. So if in one year he can license a contract for $207 million and double his initial quota, BBM starts performing, right? And we don't know whether this is an exclusive deal either, whether MTech is the sole person who's going to be in on BBM or whether other content creators and distributors from different regions can also license the BBM API as well, you know? And again, it's arguable whether they would even want to, right? Because BBM really may not service their particular customer. Mm. But at the end of the day, in Indonesia, 60 million people are using BBM. 60 million people get to benefit from MTech's content. And I think that's a wise move, especially when you have an underperforming business segment that just pulled in $207 million. And again, those numbers are not necessarily 100% firm, right? BlackBerry hasn't said what the deal was for. This is a single independent report, but it is quite interesting. MTech controls about 22% of Indonesian's primetime TV audience. So already they have kind of crossed users there to a degree. I think it's a really smart move, especially yeah. when BBM is kind of just sitting around, right? Yeah. No, and we, we talked about it that, like, it is a weird thing that they've kind of, in, in a way, sold it off. But we said, you know, 
BlackBerry could have done this internally. They could have gone and made their own content instead of BBM and tried to make money from the advertising aspect. And chances are they made this deal because they're like, this is literally no work on our end. And we're making a probably more than we would make if we were to try and do this ourselves because we don't have the infrastructure for the specific thing that it's almost like a no brainer for just like this little mini partnership in this specific region. And yeah, we talked a lot about like, is this ever going to come to North America? Um, well, is there a company that would value BBM for that kind of money in North America? Like the, their biggest market is Indonesia. So it makes sense why this is even happening. But um, it, it's Arguably definitely a weird only thing. market. Is in yeah, ex exactly. So like, are we going to see all this content? I, we were just going through this comment that popped up in the Berry Flow channels um, about this. Someone was like, so when are we going to start seeing this kind of stuff in North America? And, you know, uh, Blaze and J Blaze, James and me, we talked about this in the after show where maybe we'll never see it because we need they need to have a content partner in North America that sees that kind of value in BBM. And it might just not be here. There just aren't enough people for it to be valuable. And even if there was like if they were to make an agreement with someone, it's not going to be anywhere near 207 million or whatever this is over the course of five years. And if you think about it, right, let's take it across six years. They're really making 30 million dollars a year, yeah. which isn't yes. great. But the fact no. that it maybe all came in at once, that's good on the balance sheet, right? At yeah. least now BBM has an injection of cash and that's valuable, you know, from that standpoint. But let's talk about Google Allo and how it plays against BBM. Yes. Alex, that tell garbage. us a little bit. <laughs> Tell us a little Jeez. bit about Allo, and because this is honestly asked, right? Our, one of our patrons, Rico, says, yeah. "Have you seen the new features added to BBM Re News and Video?" Right? Seems country specific for now. How do we think Allo from Google will impact BBM? And that's an interesting question because I don't think it will. But what do you no. think, Alex? I don't think it will either. I mean, really, Allo, ironically, they're focused. Well, not really ironically, but they're focusing on India. Like they are. Like that is their. Target that was the first place that Allo was released. Like all these people in the US are like, oh, Allo, Allo, I want to try this out. Like these Android fanboys. And then they announced that it's first coming to India. And everyone's like, wait, what the heck? This is coming to India first? They're focusing on target demographics in countries where SMS is not free. US is one of the worst markets for this type of cross messaging platform system because most people here just use iMessage or SMS because they don't care, it's already default, like whatever. So the biggest difficulty with Allo is the same thing that's difficult with BBM, it's the same thing that's difficult with WhatsApp. It's getting people on it to actually use it because most people are just using SMS in the US or North America, they don't care. They don't even understand, like explaining to my aunt and the average consumer why they should be using something like Allo or BBM versus SMS. They don't understand it or care or listen to you long enough to understand why they should care. So I, I don't think it's going to affect BBM at all. I think Allo, this is a big play to try and compete against WhatsApp, but they're also focusing in demographics and areas that, you know, BBM's good in Indonesia. I don't think Allo is really trying to be big in Indonesia. It's probably going to be a decent market for them if they can get in there, but they're focusing in their space. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to affect it much. Matt, what are some of your thoughts, man? What kind of message, messaging systems are you currently using, actually? Like, I honestly only use text messaging and BBM, and I know that's kind of weird. But what about you? Right. Are you using mainly those two as well, or do you have other messaging platforms that you like to dabble in? Uh, mainly, mainly those two. Um, I will use Hangouts. 
uh, mostly for video calls um, and obviously stuff like this. Um, but uh, yeah, mostly mostly BBM and uh, SMS. I did try Allo, um, and one thing uh, to bring uh, to a sort of counter uh, Alex's point there is Allo has sort of a unique feature to bring people on board. Is I was receiving Allo messages before I had Allo. Yes. Because I'm in Canada and it didn't come out. So then it, it was like, you know, you can reply now from this like notification shade, but you know, you should really download this and blah, 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 blah. So like, that's something that, you know, BBM can't really benefit from. I, I don't think it's going to like steal the market or anything, but it's yeah. something that BBM can't do because there's the pin and everything else. Right. That's well, a yeah. good thing, but like not in the U S it's, that's actually a really damn smart thinking. A lot of people are pissed off about it because they just want an SMS integration. The U, people yeah, in the US, are, they're pissed off. But it, this makes crazy good sense for places like India or places that they're charged for SMS because what's happening is they're sending out the message. It's going to Google services, their servers, and their server is sending an SMS message. So you essentially get a text message from like a phone number 43621 like a five-digit code, which is not going to actually cost SMS fees because Google's pretty much footing the bill. They're making the connection. So in places right. where SMS is expensive, holy shit, like you can essentially send an SMS to someone through Allo. It does not cost either person any money. They don't even need the app and they can respond to it. Like that's so damn smart and it makes sense. People in the US are like, why did I just get this spammy message from this five-digit code that says your name afterwards? Is this a spam? It's telling me to download something I don't understand. This is what that's Alex woke me up to when Allo launched. <laughs> 70, <laughs> 70 text messages from 59264. Yeah, I know that's this. part of what turned me <laughs> off from Allo. I'm like, what the hell is this crap? I'm like, Alex, but, stop. It's too it's, early, man. That's the thing. It, it makes a lot of sense in the right area. And the right area is what they're focusing on. And that's not North America. So everyone likes to complain about it, but it makes a lot of sense and it's smart. It's just not what North America, because we're looking for an iMessage replacement on Android. Ello's not that yet. And maybe eventually, it's just not that right now. And that's what pissed a lot of people off. Why is Duo not in it? Nope. It, will, it will be on? integrated. They, they've already confirmed that they're going to integrate it in, whether it just links out to it, which is really all it needs to be. No, it would be cool if like the operating system, like the Android operating system could get to a point where in any messaging app, you could just say at Google and then ask a question and then be awesome. like, Google agree. gives you an answer instead of having it, you know, just confined to Allo. I think that might be maybe what their broader idea is since they already have that you hold down the center button. And that gives you some contextual information based on your conversation. So I think the broader image might be to do that. And I think Allo is a means to, like Alex said, they're focusing on India probably uh, and other markets. And I think maybe that might be a way for them to test this feature that they're going to eventually roll out in the operating system. That was my argument yeah. when talking to Alex. I'm like, well, why do I have to be confined yes. into this app? Why isn't it just like system-wide? Like, I, I don't want to have Alex to download makes... this app to do it. Like Google should be smart enough to include it within the whole system. No, I mean, well, so I think there's a couple of things with that. First of all, a lot of people forget that Google now even exists. You have to hold down the center button. People don't, a lot of people don't know it exists, and a lot of people that know it exists forget that it exists and when to use it. I'm um, about to turn it off because it annoys me. But anyway. And so... I mean, also kind of along the lines with that is really what, what Google's big play here is they're trying to use big data. Essentially, they are already using big data in Google searches. Well, whenever you search, you help their AI get better at AI. 
So now they need to be in the conversation to essentially monitor everything that you're saying. They're not going, and they may kind of be utilizing it to sell you to some extent, and this is where a lot of people aren't comfortable with it, but they need the big data of people's conversations. So they need to be the messaging infrastructure for it to be viable for them, for them to actually get something out of it and for the AI to grow, for it to do more. It needs to understand what people are talking about, what they're saying, and it needs to take all that data, combine it and figure out, okay, this is how it should work. So yes, it could eventually be a layer on top and look at Google Home and these other things that are coming in the future, but they won't be able to exist and be that AI assistant that we want it to be until they use big data and they need a messaging app like Allo to collect big data to do this. Or and else they just use Google searches and that's not as contextual as a messaging app can and, be. And that's what I think is the critical inherent flaw in Allo right now, yes. that it's not good. I keep having to give it feedback and thumbs up and thumbs down. And it's like, yeah, you know, by the time this is valuable, I'm going to move on to the next chat app, right? Or I'm going to be back on BBM because I already pay a dollar for it to get but, rid of the ads. So that's, that's where it's bigger picture. I mean, you're helping. I mean, th this is a lot of people might have problems with that. You're essentially helping Google build an AI that can help you in other facets of your life. Do you think you'll ever get a Google, buy a, a Google home and start automating your house? Like five years from now, do you think your house will be automated? I'm sure many people's will be. And right now, you're going to be helping toward that future, which is going to be really cool, but they need our data. They need us to be using the app. Does and it run BlackBerry 10? That's all I need. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully at a, fu a fundamental level, these things that you put in your house, your window, hopefully it is running on the security of BlackBerry 10. So I need a real-time window. I don't want – right, right. Yeah. The Qunix, the quantum Unix. So yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting point, right? Allo versus BBM. I don't think there's going to be much crossover. It's yeah. funny because I see like Allo kind of stealing like incognito mode, private chat, which we already have. Have on you used it? It's kind of interesting. It's a different integration mm -hmm. of it. It's, it's a different animal. It, it's a different implementation, right? Yeah. It's almost like Chrome incognito browsing. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I never it's do, kind but. of flawed unless it's, you're, you're having the conversation with someone right then. Because if you choose to struck within a minute, then literally you send a message and a minute later your conversation just evaporate. So if they don't see the message within that minute, they never even know that a message was sent. So it's flawed unless you're talking to someone directly right then. Yeah, I like how BBMs is like timed yeah. and you can leave for a certain period of time and it'll keep it live and yes. otherwise it'll just auto-destruct. Uh, Sean leaves in our Patreon. With Mr. Chen giving hardware targets in the past, I still can't figure out the reasoning behind this. Is it A, just being completely honest without being worried about the negative perception it would create? Or is he creating a long, soft landing for dropping hardware? Or maybe some other reason completely? What are some of you guys' feedback on that? Do you think that we're kind of seeing a, a wean down to just dropping hardware entirely? Or is John Chen not worried? I mean, honestly, when you're a CEO and you say, I've got to make a decision by September on hardware, I mean, that's a pretty staunch position to need to take, right? Do you think that's on purpose? Is he like underselling to overdeliver? Is he slowly kind of weaning us off of hardware entirely? Or is he just trying to mess with the perception? What do you guys think? I don't even the, know. Uh, <laughs> with Chen, it's so hard to say. Because he could be like, he could just be screwing with people. He could be just tossing it out there. He could be, you know, just being brutally honest with himself and forgetting that there are people out there that will take that okay. information and run with it. And I, he's so hard to read at times. I don't even know at this point, but I don't know when you, when it comes down to like the hardware, I think I, I lean towards the, the whole weaning us off of the hardware side. And that's something that we, we 
kind of basically saw over the past two months now. I don't think I don't think Blackberry necessarily has an issue with just going cold turkey on a number of things. So in terms of yeah. leading us off uh, hardware, I don't think uh, I don't think that's necessarily something that they're super concerned about. I think uh, is that they're trying to see if uh, I think the value proposition now with hardware from their perspective is having that end to end solution in terms of security in the enterprise space and. It remains to be seen as to whether these Android offerings are as secure as the BlackBerry 10. So, I mean, it's really, I think they're really just trying to figure out whether they can still provide this secure end to end solution without having to be in the hardware game and see if they can get somebody else to put skin in the game in terms of hardware and just take the load there. Don't think, uh, I, I personally don't think that the hardware division has much left for this world at BlackBerry. Uh, that's my pessimistic view. <laughs> is that because um, you are a priv owner or just in general? <laughs> oh, excuse no, me, AT&T locked. I think it's owner. just kind of been... Here's unlocked, never mind. It's, it's just been the writing, the writing on the wall. Like, in all honesty, the writing's been on the wall for some time now. It's it's one of those things yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, like I've mentioned, ad nauseum, I mean, writing's on the wall in terms of hardware, but then you even look at their software implementation on mobile, like in terms of their own of like the hub and stuff and it's basically just fine it's not amazing it's not excellent they're basically fine those offerings so even that stuff i i wouldn't be surprised if after they lose the hardware side of things we don't see them continue you know supporting these other apps that they recently started selling like i i really don't have very much confidence in them doing that i think they're just going to fully get out of this space and we're just going to start, we're just going to see them as an enterprise um, solution and IoT. And they've been telling people that anyways. Yeah. yeah. Look I, on I, Instagram. We're a software company. Yeah. Please please get your seedlings off of your Instagram, please. That's <laughs> Here's my thing. And Brandon, I, I've felt as pessimistic as you right now. And it was honestly when I was using my Priv as well, which I don't know if that's any coincidence or maybe just a weird <laughs> timing thing, coming to Android and making that realization. But I think yeah. they will stay in the hardware business. I think they will continue to be, I, the word is like, it's not arrogant, right? It's just, as Matt said earlier, they've got to have that end-to-end -end for at least one customer who wants it, right? Because there is at least one customer who wants it. And and I know it, it's frustrating. When I went to Priv, I was like, why did we even build BlackBerry 10? Like, what, you know, like, why did it even happen? Like, why did the playbook happen? Why did BB10 happen? And why was I so invested in, you know, this op operating system for so long? And why was it so good that now I'm on Android and I feel like I'm stepping back a, a, a pace or two? But at the end of the day, I think John Chen and BlackBerry are going to ride this out as long as they can. I think honestly, if they can sell BlackBerry longer term and BlackBerry does have a hardware division to speak of, even if it's a very, very small R&D load that's holding onto keyboard intellectual property, I think even still that increases the potential sell value for BlackBerry. And I think honestly, short term, it makes sense to leave hardware, but longer term with the initiatives like the BlackBerry IoT radar yeah. with you know other potential you know smaller IoT knickknacks that they can create and as well the existing small small you know risk that goes into building something like a DTEC 50 and getting it out there. I think John Chen has scaled the business to be profitable 
on as an add-on because it increases their overall value from a perception standpoint, from a buyout perspective, and even from an investor perspective because they do have versatility to play in different fields. It's not now I can only do software. And if people just start turning away from my software, I have no other foot. It's that, yeah. no, as Matt mentioned, I have that end-to-end offering that you'll like me here, but maybe hate me here, right? You may hate Bez 12, but you do like the DTech 50 or maybe vice versa, right? And even still, you can get an iPhone or whatever and still use Bez or good. Matt, what are some of your thoughts, man? Do you feel that you know, subsequent devices like an Argon and a Mercury to come, this DTech 60, maybe a DTech, you know, <laughs> 70? I mean, that's a terrible number. Why would they... Right, but would you see maybe them keeping that hardware business or do you fall more in line with Brandon's view that, you know, if the short term is now and we need to get rid of this business to show that there is more value contingent on the rest of our software business? Like, where do you think BlackBerry is going to draw that line in this quarter to come? I think I think what they're going to say is I think that they are sort of out of the hardware business. And I think that they're and the way they did that was to get. Uh, like think devices like the DTEC 50 and the DTEC 60, like like kind of outsourcing that is sort of their way of exiting it. And I yeah. think that as a as an as like a person who would invest heavily, um, not not personally, but like a, like a, a company owner who would invest heavily in maybe purchasing a thousand devices or something like that. Like they some like they would sort of need to prove and say, you know, this year we have the DTEC 50, next year's the you know DTEC 60 or the 70 or whatever. Like they need to show that there's some sort of support. They don't want to say like, okay, DTEC 50 is out. And then they sort of like, oh, sorry, we're actually pulling all of this. You know, and so if, if they're trying to offer that end-to-end full solution, they need to sort of prove it because people are gonna, aren't really going to want to support it. They'll be like, can I just hook this iPhone to it? You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't want to deal with it because they know an iPhone that, like 7S or whatever is going to come out next year, but they don't know if another DTEC is going to come out. So like I, mm-hmm. I, I would assume that they're going to stay in it. It goes back to that conversation when do you determine BlackBerry exited hardware? Because, exactly. You know, like I you think just said, Matt, they could they could maintain that hardware position, and, but actually tell people like, no, we're out of the hardware. We're just letting other people build it at this point. But, right? Well, I don't understand what the point is in maintaining the hardware position. I mean, you say end-to-end solution, but. If at the end of the day, the only thing that distinguishes their hardware from any other Joe Blow's hardware is the fact that they have these apps that you can purchase on any other Android device. I don't understand what the value proposition is for that. I don't understand how that could be. It, I just don't understand what the point of doing, going through and having to maintain the staff who deal those negotiations and everything. I, I just don't understand. Just focus on the software and then say, like, for our end-to-end solution, download these apps. And then you're connected to our software solution. But, it, but it doesn't necessarily work that way, right? I mean, with what they've done on Android with their, you know, secure root of trust and all those other additives. I mean, that's ultimately what you're buying, right? The difference between an Idle 2 or an Idle 4, rather, and a DTEC 50 is, yeah, those productivity apps that you can buy in a suite on any other platform, but you're also getting DTEC and all the security underpinnings that, quote, unquote, make this a more secure Android. You're buying into the security updates and patches that go along with it, which to be quite honest, we didn't get many of those on BlackBerry 10 and we're kind of contingent waiting on one right now, right? That's going to come through. So I honestly feel that it's probably overvalued branded, like that extra hundred dollars to get a DTEC 50 over like an idle four, but that's what they're selling. Like that's where they make their margin, right? On the security and on those few apps. And even still, it's like they're holding some over people's head. Like right now, Matt, on your, on your, on your device, 
are you do you have the blackberry keyboard because there's no legitimate way to buy it right you can get exactly it. oh i have it on there for sure i'm using that cobalt <laughs> launcher or whatever that is <laughs> yeah for sure 100 percent and and the thing is too is like is is like the 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 apps that i'm using aren't really the enterprise apps and i don't think that the enterprises they really care about that they it, it's almost like it's almost like as an example if you're trying to sell somebody a bez and you're trying to sell somebody a thousand devices you know you can maybe give them a discount if you say hey you know don't go to you know lg or don't buy a thousand moto g's or whatever you want to buy buy a thousand dtech 50s and i'll give you x amount off of your bez or i'll give you x amount off of each device but you have to buy bez like they, like they have the package now they don't care about the hub because the, like their customer or their their users because it's android are just going to be like oh, i don't know what this hub is i'm just going to install gmail or i'm just going to install whatever else they use right yeah, and it comes default loaded as well, right? So it's even easier for them to kind of make that choice. I'd agree. I think as an add-on, it's nice to have, right? And I think ultimately that's what it is. It's a little bit of more upsell for one side or the other, right? It's now the BlackBerry teams don't have to go out and say, hey, let's sell you Bez. And oh, by the way, I can also hook you up with like 50 Samsungs if you need those or, you know, 20 iPhones if you need those. It's like, no, I'm going to offer you my own device, right? Because I can. Right. I have the ability to. And that is the only reason that they'll have phones. That's it right there just and to have an sense. offering you know whether yeah. it makes money or not i think is inconsequential i mean no, could, there, no one's making money at it you know here's so the thing though is see. that i i think i agree with that but i think that they don't care about that side of the equation as long as they can break even on it you know what i mean this is what the the alcatel stuff is all about they'll maintain that stuff as long as they continue to or, or can at least break even on it once it starts costing them money again or if it does because we still don't know if john chen can break even on devices that's essentially what we're waiting to find out on the 28th is whether or not he can break even on devices uh if he can maintain those offerings those hardware let's say smartphone offerings because i'm getting tired of the word hardware let's just say <laughs> he can maintain those smartphone offerings right and break even on them i think that's that's his main concern he just wants to break even have them as an option to be able to go ahead and offer to people as long as it's not costing money then he'll continue to pump out smartphones and, exactly. and why not right especially if he's managed the business in that way and, right. it, and the risk is minimal you know go ahead and buy some and then if you need to get some buy some more right with the proceeds you made and you know you can kind of kickstart yourself and keep that business going i think it's definitely an interesting conversation gentlemen a lot of stuff to come i know that's for sure we got to talk about Caravan Transport Group now using BlackBerry's end-to-end -end asset tracking solution, Radar. This was kind of, I was, I had heard that it was coming out of general acceptance. I heard that we were going to hear more news on it in November. Considering it's like the end of September, there is an earnings call coming. The news seems pretty timely. And now we have their first kind of major client coming on board and actually utilizing, I think it was like some like 500 devices or something like that. Yeah, uh, Five hundred devices with the capability to go up to like fifteen hundred. I think it was. The only thing that concerns mm -hmm. me about that is the um, the financial side of the equation is mainly like, right. Is, is it a did, demo? Did they charge? Yeah. For it? Did, did they just basically give them five hundred devices in hopes that they would sign on the other fifteen hundred after the demo cycle, or you know what? What's going on there? And unfortunately, they haven't they haven't disclosed any of those details. So. Radar is a lot like BBM. We don't know. We just don't know. It's a, it's one of those interesting so, things, though. I'm 
yeah, what, what are your thoughts on it, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, well, look, I worked in the industry, in the trucking industry, uh, doing transportation planning for it. And I, I came across a lot of caravan um, transport group vans. There's Caravan and Transforce. The good thing about getting in with a, a company like Caravan is if if it's if it proves to be successful, you know there's a bunch of other company truck companies that are just waiting to get on board. Just because the simple nature, not the the the, the complicated nature of the trucking industry is essentially you have trucks delivering products, and often I would survey these truck drivers, and they have no clue what's in their trucks. And if the driver who's driving the product doesn't even know what's in there, you can imagine when things start moving from point A to point B and then point uh, Z after a few weeks, then it starts to get a bit confusing if you don't have a paper trail um, remembering where all the stuff went and where it came from in case there's any issues, right? And there's intermodal facilities where these trucks go and transfer their products to a boat or to a, to a train. So it can get really complicated real quick. So if this... Uh, kind of partnership turns out to be well, to, to work well for both parties. Uh, I can see other companies, in especially in Canada and in the States, taking it up and, and starting to embrace BlackBerry Radar. It's interesting, this, the billing here, because we know that a lot of, there's a lot of asset trackers out there, right? It's been a something that's happened in the market for a long time, right? This stuff's been around, but if you dig deeper into kind of some of the the verbiage and word choicing that is that they're using on this type of release, it's very interesting how they're kind of upselling it to others. I found it kind of interesting as well that they're kind of billing it as the most real time, right? Where it, it's kind of always pinging every 15 minutes, giving that update. Where some you may have latency in the response of like where your your you know your shipment actually is. So I think that's kind of really cool as well that they're kind of playing on that real time scenario to help sell this type of solution, you know? And it takes a lot of the guesswork that Brandon mentioned out of the whole supply line and chain. So it makes a lot of things a little bit easier and ultimately it saves people money. And that's a potential as to why it would continue to help maybe scale up, right, into a larger build because it hopefully saves the money longer term. And I think it's a great use of BlackBerry IP as well. I mean, this is basically a smartphone without a screen, right? Yeah. It's all, it's all the stuff like, you know, a battery, an antenna, you know, sensors and things like that. It's basically a smartphone. These smart trailers, I think, are something that need to become more and more prevalent in the market. So it's cool to finally start seeing this really start coming about and with a BlackBerry badge nonetheless. Definitely cool. Do you guys, like, how big is this company that they partnered with? Is it, like, relatively big, Brandon, or is it, like... It's, uh, it's fairly big. I wouldn't say it's one of the bigger companies in Canada, but it's a fairly big company. It's got... Uh, it's got terminals in Winnipeg and Quebec and Ontario and other places across Canada, which are, I mean, you're always going to see a terminal in Winnipeg and in Toronto and, and in Quebec just because those are the main, um, main points where you see intermodal activity. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's, it, so it's definitely one of the, it's a, it's a medium size. I'd say it's probably in terms of trucking, probably closer to the medium size range instead of huge, like uh, somebody like, uh, like, Okay, there's a company called Transforce or Dane Ross. Those would be really large companies, and those are companies that are, have a presence in the United States as well. Um, so yeah, it's a medium-sized company. It's fairly big. It's not like a, a niche company either, like a small company. So it's a good, it's a good starting point for Radar to get it to be implemented. I'm sure because of that, it, it makes it easier to to test it out on a company like this, right? That's it's not Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't know, right? That could still be in acceptance somewhere. This is the deal that's going on for people in, you know, who want to get like a, a cheaper device. Go to the smartphone section here, and you're going to see big discounts, right? I, I, I did not think the day would come that a passport would ever be cheaper than a DTEC 50, but the day is here, right? 250 for an original passport in black. Silver edition's only 299. I know a lot of people who went and picked up the silver edition just because the price was so good. But also, let's talk about 425 for the priv. That's like amazing the fact that it took this long is not amazing but i'm gonna say it's is, been a while <laughs> like, this is kind of like where it should have launched at <laughs> maybe like 500 yeah. right like maybe a little bit more but uh finally these devices are getting that discount and you know leap and classic are still available here as well but you've got a nice broad range that you can go through all the devices that are on shop blackberry right now are under 500 dollars and I, I don't believe know the uh, I can't believe the classics like three seventy nine. Is that three seventy nine? Is that what it says? Yes, three seventy nine. Yeah, I can't believe that, man. That's the second most expensive phone on here is the classic. It's like if they price yep. it like that because there's demand for it, then I don't understand why they don't push out more keyboard devices. I mean, there's got to be a I reason think one they have the higher things, prices for it, right? I think one of the things is like one that is a super desirable form factor. People aren't going to get it elsewhere, but also they got to make people wait for them too because there's only a certain amount of demand, right? They don't want to do like back-to-back -back QWERTYs because they did that, right? They did the Passport, then they did the Classic months apart and both kind of flopped in the marketplace. But the Classic will hold through for those people who are legacy bold enthusiasts and as well people who are diehard BlackBerry 10 fanatics. Classic is nice. I, I miss the Q10 personally, but... There is the deal. Go check it out on, you know, on Shop Blackberry. It's available in a bunch of different regions, not just the United States, but definitely cool to see that happening. I want to wrap it up here on our questions and, you know, the whole podcast in general, guys. Had a really long discussion, but a really good one nonetheless. We got a lot of a lot off our chest, it seems. So, what's what are you working through? Finalize it here with us, Brandon. Like, what's up with your priv? Um, I know you were kind of having some. Yeah, uh, so. So I contacted BlackBerry and we did some troubleshooting. I told them the steps that I did. Essentially what I'm doing now is I, I download the latest software update, like the autoloader online. And then I just completely wiped my phone and uh, reloaded the software and with the updated data and stuff. And they're going to see if the problem persists. Um, essentially, if, if the issue continues, then they'll escalate. No, maybe maybe replace my device or something. But I tried everything, oh, and I hope uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope this would be my last resort, having to go through this. So hopefully, they they were very nice, very helpful, uh, very prompt at getting back to me and everything. So uh, no issues from there. The service was good. It's now just to see if I can finally get this issue um, put to bed. I'm about to put myself to bed. No, I'm just kidding. We have an after show to get to. <laughs> In the after show, we're going to be talking about the DTEC 60 and what we believe the reference design may be, the TCL 950. If you're interested in hearing about that, definitely check out the after show as we jump into that. Everyone, consider giving a like to this video. Subscribe to our channel so you can get updates on when these live shows go out. We do them every Sunday right around 8 p.m. Eastern time. We look forward to catching you next week. Alex will not be here. Is that correct, Alex? I have some family stuff going on, unfortunately. So he's, two, he's, got to install, he's got to install another fan somewhere. Yeah, at least he didn't lie and say he has a date. <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Um, no, that's in the middle Shots. of the week. We're good. Uh, no, but unfortunately, I went from like not missing any upstreams to then like missing one with my fan and then on for one, back off. So I look like I'm slacking all of a sudden, but I'm trying. 
He hasn't yeah. shaved. He's Freaking years. Brian, Brian looks neglected over there. He is. He's not even he taking is. care of your pets. It's, it's funny know. because Alex is usually the one that's clean shaven and everything, and I'm the one that's scruffy. And today I'm the one that's clean shaven yeah. and he's scruffy. Yeah, man. We switched. I haven't been getting sleep. It's just work's been rough, but I love it. So <laughs> go check out a. Go check out Brandon's Instagram. It's like watching like a, a magazine where he's like, "Oh, we're what? at the game. We're at the game today." <laughs> or, "Oh, just in Barcelona." Oh, Justin, you know. All these yeah. Things. James yeah. Instagram is just food. Yeah. Just, just food. food. Look at what I'm gonna eat. Food and. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, you know what? At least I'm eating. Guys, right? this is we can't. This is, we have no proof that Alex is. This is after. Oh Jesus! <laughs> this is after show stuff. This is totally after show stuff. <laughs> No, just kidding. After oh, shows, we're, not, we're entertaining not. this stuff. This, this is, this is just junk. Let's end let's this. Get, <laughs> let's get into, let's get into the meat and potatoes, yeah. gentlemen. We'll catch you guys next week. It will be October the second. Take it easy, guys. Later. Yeah. Later. See you.